If you stop and think about everything happening here in the good old U.S. of A., you might believe that there are only two sides to every story. Actually, there are many more sides. At last count, there were over 327 million sides to our American story. On this program, we'll take a look at different stories, from a different point of view. Mine. Hopefully, after listening, absorbing, and actually thinking about what you hear, it might just become your point of view as well. I'm Steve, and this is The Truth Hurts. You are listening to The Truth Hurts program. Sorry if the content offends you. But it is our right to express that opinion. Therefore, we retract nothing. Okay, well here's one for you. Body shaming. Really? There have been a bunch of people fired from jobs and even some large money lawsuits because someone said something not so nice to or about another person's appearance. What is this world coming to? Now look, I'm no great looking supermodel kind of guy, not even close. I've never been what you call overly handsome or staggeringly built. Once upon a time, a friend of mine was asked to point me out in the crowd at a large party by a stranger. I was described to this stranger by my friend as, and I quote, a bald-headed middle-aged white guy with a goatee in the baggy jeans and baseball cap, unquote. I wasn't offended. After all, I am a white middle-aged bald-headed guy with a goatee who, at that particular moment, happened to be wearing baggy jeans and a baseball cap. I'm average height, 5'10", weigh in about 195 pounds. I don't have a large bone structure, but what I don't have in pecs and biceps, I more than make up for in my manageable beer gut formed into a decent dad bod package. People have been describing other people for as long as people have been around. Sometimes people can be offended by the description given to them by other people, but they need to get over it. A few weeks ago, back when office buildings had people in them, I overheard a man asking to speak with a specific manager in an office building and to find out where that person might be. Surprisingly enough, one person floored me in her description of this manager as if they were just asked to perform complex calculus equations as they mulled over just how to describe the particular manager in question. Those facial expressions alone by both the person asking for the manager and the person attempting to describe the manager were priceless, almost YouTube worthy to be honest. It went something like this. Well, you see, Mrs. Um, er, Ms. So-and-so, the manager you are like um, looking for, well, she's um, like, well, let me just start by saying she has like red hair and she, um, well, is like, you know, kind of short. I mean, um, you know, like compared to like, you know, tall people, she's kind of not as tall, you know? Anyway, she's, um, let me see, like um, a larger woman. Not like super fat or anything, but um, like, I mean, not skinny like um, Ariana Grande or like Anna Faris or that woman that plays Anna Faris's mom on that show, like, you know, mom. 
but she's not large like Oprah. Well, not like Oprah now, but more like Oprah when she was, you know, heavier. But anyway, she, I mean, Mrs. I mean, Ms. Um, so-and-so, she's like a white lady. In other words, she's not black. I mean, like African-American, you know, like Oprah, but she's not like lily white or anything. Like she might have some other, you know, like stuff in her system, like her blood, you know, like she might be, you know, from like somewhere else, but she's mainly like white. Anyway, Ms. So-and-so has like this very light complexion on her face and like her neck and her hair is like what my mom would call big hair, you know, like Dolly Parton used to have back in my mom's day. But Ms. So-and-so, she's got like red hair, not fire engine red or like a clown, but like this dark kind of red, you know, kind of, but it kind of needs some touch up. Like, you know what I mean? Like roots showing, but that's, that's not important, I guess. And anyway, she has lots of, oh, well, never mind. I probably shouldn't say anything about her. Um, well, I'll just go ahead and say it. She has lots of moles, like on her face and her arms. And like, she's probably wearing a pantsuit because she's like usually wearing a pantsuit, you know, like some businesswomen still actually wear. But anyway, I don't know how old she is, but she's like not young like me, but not like old like, like my grandmother, but like, you know, business old. I don't remember like what color her pantsuit was today, but it's probably black because she usually wears black like most all the time because she said she doesn't look good in browns or tans. Anyway, she's got very red lips from the makeup. Sometimes, you know, like too red, but please don't tell her I said that. And she's probably near the break room area, you know, near the snack machine, if you know what I mean. Wow. The sheer torture. When describing a suspect in a double murder investigation on television recently, I couldn't help but notice more media double standard behavior by the so-called journalists. When the suspect is a Caucasian, they usually describe him as follows. The suspect is a white male, six feet to six feet two inches tall, approximately 190 pounds with dark shoulder length brown hair and an anchor tattoo on his left shoulder. He was last seen wearing blue jeans, white Nike tennis shoes, and a red tank top t-shirt with a MAGA baseball cap. He has a scar over his left eyebrow and was last seen leaving westbound on the interstate in a red Toyota four-wheel drive pickup truck, license number BR549, Texas. Now, if the suspect is a minority member, the description is more like this. A suspect is described as a male between 5 feet 10 inches and 6 feet tall, weighing about 180 pounds, dark hair, wearing blue jeans, and a hoodie. See the difference? The race of the suspect is usually never mentioned unless the suspect is white. Mentioning any other race would, after all, be considered offensive. Now that doesn't do much to help the victim to get any justice because the media wants to play nice with certain advocacy groups because it sounds good in the sound bites. I once described an overweight childhood friend with an acne problem in ill-fitting clothing as, and I quote, that fat pimple-faced kid over there with the red hair and the shorts so small that his butt cheeks are always showing. I guess that wouldn't be acceptable these days. But I bet if I did describe to someone in that fashion, you'd probably find them straight away. I also once described a female friend as that tall flat-chested chick with the blonde hair down to her skinny butt. 
I would lose my job for that if I described anyone in the office that way today. But again, I bet you'd find her in a heartbeat. I once described a supervisor to a new hire employee as, quote, that dark skinny black guy with the afro and the big gap between his two front teeth. He's probably out smoking right now in the parking lot. I guess that doesn't win me any points in HR either. In the long run, if you don't like something about your appearance, there is something you can generally do about it, well, other than the tall and short thing or the skin color thing. If people describing you as a guy with Einstein hair, perhaps you need a haircut. If you're described as that fat chick in accounting and you look around at all the other women in accounting and they are not fat, newsflash, you are the fat chick in accounting. Diet, stomach stapling, exercise, or maybe just empty that file cabinet drawer of all of those candy bars. If they're calling you Kojak for being bald-headed, own that. Be the next Bruce Willis, the next Samuel L. Jackson, or Telly Savalas. Or you could wear a hat, or get a rug. But they'll make fun of you about your rug. If they're picking on you for being short, you can always buy platform shoes. Or accept the fact that you will always have someone to look up to. If they're calling you stretch because you're much taller than they are, challenge them to some one-on-one basketball. That should shut them up as you shut them down. But to sue someone over so-called body shaming, that, my friends, is utterly, completely, and totally ridiculous. There's always a benefit to stirring the pot, a benefit to all sides. One benefit is that you might just learn something. Hey, another benefit is I, too, might learn something. Agitators, people who carry big spoons for stirring pots, are usually the ones most likely to benefit from stirring those pots. You see, some people make their living and get their continual rotating 15 minutes of fame by stirring the pot. In this series, I give you my opinion. I apologize if my opinion offends you, but it is my opinion. Therefore, I retract nothing. It's up to you to either agree or to disagree. If you agree, tell a friend. If you disagree, turn off the program and never listen again. If you're closed-minded. Sometimes you can actually disagree, but still learn something in the process. Either way, just remember, the truth hurts.